Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Thanks for joining us here on what was a pretty busy night in the NHL. You're kind of happy when you get a bunch of games because it just seems like COVID has really just taken those big, exciting nights away because you've got more postponements than you have games. I mean, I go back to um, Monday when the Rangers played the Kings and I was doing the pre and post and there was only two other games and there were three postponements. There were as many postponements as there were games and there were postponements last night too, but just the one, the Hurricanes and the Flyers, that game postponed because Philadelphia is going through the COVID situation. Uh, but everybody else got a chance to play, and we saw some very interesting games. And I want to start with the Penguins. You know, they got so hot when we were on hiatus, and they've won 11 of their last 12. They had a 10-game winning streak in that span. Really, the only thing that's standing between them and a 12-game winning streak is blowing that two-goal lead against Dallas back on Saturday where they gave up uh, three unanswered goals late in the third period and lost to the Stars. Otherwise, they've gone right back to winning since then. Beat the Ducks in Anaheim 4-1, to so even moving out west really hasn't slowed them down. But here is what makes Pittsburgh so very dangerous, is they got Yevgeny Malkin back into the fold, and he jumped right back in with two feet, played his first game since May 8th of 2021, and he had two goals and an assist, looked fantastic. And he has talked about how the last time he missed a significant amount of time, he had his best year because he's 35 years old now. And that time away from the rink was probably pretty healthy for him. And now he jumps right back into the fold. And now you've got a healthy Crosby. You have a healthy Malkin. You have a healthy Latang. And now this Pittsburgh Penguins team looks like they're going to be a handful here down the stretch of the season. As we speak right now, at 12.39 on January 11th on a Wednesday, they sit in the first wild card with 47 points. They are two points back of Washington for third place in the division with two games in hand. They're three points back of the Rangers with two games in hand. Now, they play two more games than Carolina. Carolina's got 50, but Pittsburgh is going to be a major handful for Washington and New York to be able to stay in that top three in the Metropolitan Division, not have to mess around with the wild card. Pittsburgh's goal differential at plus 26 is better than Washington's and better than the Rangers, which is always a pretty good indication of how good a team you are. They are just amazing right now and might be a team that when it's all said and done, could be the team to beat. I've been waiting for this thing to fall apart on this team because of the injuries, because of how old they are. But let's give a lot of credit to Mike Sullivan, one of the best coaches in the NHL. Crosby still has it. And if Malkin's going to be this dangerous, and you still have Gensel, um, who is um, is a really good player, and you still have a Rust, who's had a great season for them. I mean, there's just a lot of, lot of really very very dangerous players on this Pittsburgh team so that's something to keep an eye on they'll continue their western swing they'll be taking on a Los Angeles Kings team that's been pesky so we'll see but right now Malkin healthy his first two goal games since March 10th of 2020 that's pre-pandemic 
So they are a very, very scary team. Ducks, you know, they're going through their COVID issues and their injuries, and they've kind of slowed down just a bit too. So they've got some work to do to kind of hang on to their position. They're just 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10. They now have Los Angeles has jumped into the fold in third place in the Pacific Division, but they're still pretty comfortably ahead of falling out of uh, to the wild card because Calgary um, has j- fallen back out of the wild card. So they're the, they're on the outside with 40, so they've got a five-point cushion there. San Jose, we'll talk about them, back into the playoff mix with their victory. They've won three in a row, so things getting a little dicey for Anaheim. So we'll see how that works out for them. Speaking of the Sharks, a 3-2 overtime win over the Red Wings. Logan Couture gets the game winner. So as I mentioned, three in a row for San Jose. They now moved into that second wild card spot, 6-4 and four, uh, in their last 10 uh, equal 10 win home wins, 10 road wins. So they're kind of – I talked about this early in the in the regular season where I thought that their hot start was sustainable. I still believe that to be the case. But when you look at the struggles that Calgary and Edmonton have gone through, that San Jose I think still is a playoff team. Another great game last night between the Leafs and the Golden Knights in Vegas. Leafs win this game in the shootout. Four to three, uh, but the turning point where the Golden Knights were able to get a point—it's Petrangelo's power play goal with 11, 11.48 into the third period—turned out to be a, a chance for Vegas to get the point. Now, now they have forty-eight points. Um, they're not getting a lot of offense. They're still kind of waiting for Max Patch already, but they've been able to stay afloat despite that injury. The goaltending has been pretty good uh, so far this season for them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the Leafs get themselves a very uh, important win as well as they're trying to uh, stay in that hunt for the Atlantic Division title. They've got 49 points now. They sit, as we speak, four points back of Florida for first place, but they do have two games in hand, and Toronto has been 6-2-2. Two, and two. They've been able to survive these postponements, empty buildings, all that. Hopefully that's going to change in the next couple of weeks. Maybe the game of the night was in Nashville. Battle for first place between the Predators and the Avalanche. Give the Nashville Predators their due. I don't think anybody expected them to flirt with first place this year, and they have. And the major reason why is UC Soros has just been absolutely stupendous for them. So they've gone from one one great goaltender in Pekka Rene to be able to go now to UC Soros, so they haven't missed a beat goaltending-wise. Playing without Forsberg last night in COVID protocol, they get the win. Wild game. Goaltending was good despite the fact that nine goals were scored in this game. Uh, what I found interesting, though, and it just it's captivating to watch Kale McCarr right now. If somebody had asked me, you know, a Ranger fan, I'd take Fox over McCarr. I think Dave Maloney, my partner with the radio uh, games uh, uh, with the Rangers, I think put it best. You love the absolute physical skills of a Kale McCarr, and you love the 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 hockey smarts and the intuition that Fox brings. If you combine them together, you'd have the greatest defenseman in the history of the sport. But you can't do that. But McCarr is really making people think about this generation's Bobby Orr. He's putting up numbers that amazing. Three points last night. Had the game tying goal. Just a, a, 
you know, him on that wing, you know, coming down is just so devastating. You know how good he is at the point. Then he can kind of swing down to those circles, and he just has an incredible shot. He can shoot from anywhere. Tremendous ability to change direction. He is just a captivating player to watch, and that's why the Avalanche were able to steal a point. They were down 4-3. He gets the game tire. Some controversy in this one in overtime. A two-minute minute on the ice, ice penalty for Colorado leads to the Shane goal and wins it for Nashville. So Nashville now a three-point lead uh, in the division. But here's the rub. Nashville's got 50 points. Colorado's in second with 47. But Colorado's got four games in hand on the Predators. When this is all said and done, Colorado is winning this division. But all the points Nashville can get to be a playoff team is going to be big. Colorado's goal differential is plus 34 to Nashville's plus 18. But Colorado, and I tweeted this out last night while watching the game, this is this is the closest you're going to get to seeing what it was like watching those mid-80s Edmonton teams. And this is not to d- disrespect all the firepower, especially with Pittsburgh we saw in the mid-teens and all that. But, you know, to see uh, a healthy, when they get a healthy Landeskog bag off of COVID protocol, when you see Ranton and play in the way he plays, when you see McKinnon play the way he plays, when McCarr brings to the blue line, Girard is a very good defenseman as well. I mean, they are just stacked with so many talented players. They have size. They have speed. The only Achilles heel, and we talked about this Monday with EJ Raddick, do they have the goaltending to get them over the hump? We'll see. Uh, but right now, Colorado looks like the team to beat in what has just been a wild central division with the way Nashville has played, 8-1-1 in their last 10, five in a row. The way St. Louis has played, 7-2-1 and in their last 10, two in a row. Those are three of the best teams in the NHL competing for the central. So that's why uh, you, you look at a Minnesota that's the second wild card is as good as anybody, uh, but they are just trying to keep up with three of the best teams in the NHL. That's why things are just going to be so crazy because that you look at that wild card right because somebody in the central is going to be a wild card team whether it's going to be nashville colorado st louis or minnesota one of those four teams is going to take a wild card spot which then is just going to leave the one uh and is it going to be calgary is it going to be edmonton is it going to be san jose where does winnipeg fall where does dallas fall you know dallas has got a minus goal differential they've struggled as of late um, but they are a team that can get hot all of a sudden and be in the mix. What's what's going to happen with Vancouver? They're an interesting story. They lost for the first time in regulation with Bruce Boudreaux as the head coach. They lose in Florida to the Panthers 5-2. to two. Um, Reinhardt had two goals and three points on the night. And we'll get into the Panthers in just a second. But Vancouver still has been very good. 35 games played. So they haven't been really hit by COVID to the point where they've got a lot of games in hand. They do have they do have uh, two games in hand on San Jose as they sit right now six points back of the Sharks for the wild card spot. But if Boudreaux is going to turn things around for Vancouver, they can all of a sudden become a player. So when you look at the the... Uh, the five teams that are on the outside looking into the West right now, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Dallas, Vancouver, all of them still can be very, very dangerous in, uh, and, and still making the playoffs. As we mentioned, Florida gets the win. They continue to prove they're among the best in the league, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10, two in a row. They're tied with Tampa in points, but Tampa's played two more games. Tampa had the 6-1 win over the Sabres last night. What's scary about Tampa is Nikita Kucherov with the hat trick, so now he's healthy. So Tampa's going to be a beast. So Florida and Tampa are going to be a great story. Who's going to end up winning this Atlantic division? But both are definitely playoff teams, and I think Toronto is a playoff team as well with a plus 30 goal differential, which means... 
that you know where where does Detroit fall? But there's not the same kind of feel in the in the East as there is in the West as far as like outs teams on the outside making it right. So you got Carolina, Rangers, Washington, the top three in the Metro. We told you the top three in the Atlantic. So Pittsburgh and Boston in the wild card, and now we get word that Tuka Rask has signed a one-year contract with Boston. That's huge for the Bruins here down the stretch to get themselves a veteran goaltender in the mix for a team that's already a playoff team to begin with, with 40 points. But there's that drop-off between Pittsburgh's 47 and Boston's 40. Now Detroit's got 37 points, and that's where I draw the line. The only team right now that's on the outside looking in in the East that I think has a chance to make the playoffs are the Islanders, who are way down in seventh place in the wild card with 26 points, but they've only played 28 games. All right? So they've got four games in hand on Boston. They've got um, five games in hand on Pittsburgh. The problem with the Islanders is they've got so much ground to make up with just 26 points. They're 14 points out of a playoff spot. So even with the four games in hand, that's only eight points. So they're still going to have to do a lot of work. But because of who's on the team, how they're led, I'm still going to give the Islanders a chance. Detroit's still young, but they're only three points back. The problem with Detroit is they played the most games in the conference outside of Tampa. They played 37 games. So you can make the case that none of these teams on the outside looking in are going to make it. They're all with a massive minus goal differential. The only reason I'll look at the Islanders is because of what they've gone through and the amount of games they still have to play. So I'm not going to pronounce the Islanders dead. Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo, forget about them. New Jersey, just not their year. They're they're playing better. They're just not good enough to make up this ground. Philadelphia is a mess. Columbus is improved, but I just don't think good enough. You know, so... You've got all these teams in the West that are going to make just for a wild ride at the end of the season. All those teams with a chance to make the playoffs. And I'm not sure really any of these teams outside the Islanders have a chance. And even the Islanders, I'm kind of going on reputation. My respect for Lou possibly making a deal. My respect for Barry Trotz and the in the number of games and how good they've been the last couple of years. But still, it's going to take a... I'll take some very heavy lifting down the stretch to be able to make that happen. But still, um, just how different the West and the East are, uh, it's kind of crazy. So let's uh, dive into your tweets at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. So let's get started here with um, Guido, who says Rangers' position is in trouble. I don't disagree. You know, the Rangers are kind of a strange bird in the sense that there are times where you're like, oh, I just love this team. I love where they're headed. They sweep the home and home against Tampa. And then you get the feeling like, oh, you lose to Vegas. Uh, you lose to the Kings. They've lost both games to Colorado. They lost both, both games to Calgary. Like, there are times you feel great about them. There's times you don't feel as great but overall they're a playoff team the question is can they hang on to that three spot because as much as the rangers have struggled at times washington's kind of in free fall right now washington not playing great either they've given up a ton of goals recently so pittsburgh to me the way they're playing i think they're going to be in the top three is it going to replace the rangers is it going to replace washington i think carolina is in good shape but the rangers are still going to be a playoff team but if you're saying their position's in trouble as far as falling out of the top three i completely agree with you uh david's got the same kind of feel uh, who do you see finishing the top three in the metro can the rangers hold on i think the rangers can remember the rangers have four games to make up as well um and uh let's see you know how the schedule kind of you know changes here because you've got you got three weeks of games to make up in February, 
So once we get through January, it's going to be interesting. Like, what's the workload? How many times are they going to be play, play back-to-back? How many times are they going to play three night games in four nights and all that? But I, I think Carolina is winning the division. I will say it will end up being Washington-Pittsburgh, and I think the Rangers will settle for a wild card. The reason I say that is because that's kind of where I had the Rangers all year. Um so uh, I'm going to kind of stick to that prediction, but I, I think the way Pittsburgh's playing right now and, and with Malkin coming back and being healthy, barring injury, and of course COVID throws a wrench into everything, I get it, but I'd have to say that uh, that's probably how the top three is going to go. Tony says, what is the wildest thing you've seen in a hockey game as a fan or broadcaster? Probably doesn't get crazier than that conference final as a fan in 88 between the Devils and the um, and the Bruins when they had the replacement officials. Uh, if you remember with Eat Another Donut with, to Don Kolharski, and then uh, you saw um, the, the replacement officials have to go in uh, because of um, the, the suspension and, and the, the Lou getting uh, going to the court to get an injunction. Uh, just it was, it was crazy, crazy stuff. And um, just to see officials with yellow raincoats on so you didn't look they didn't look like Bruins or or the Rangers and it was just so sad that it went on and and probably the biggest thing that made it so sad is that Ziegler was the president of the league he wasn't considered commissioner they didn't make it commissioner until I think Gary Bettman came in Gil Stein did it for a year and then and Bettman came in but um he was on vacation. I mean, what 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 president or commissioner of a league goes on vacation for their conference final? There's there's only two games that are going to get played, not on the same night. There's only four teams left playing to decide who's going to go to the conference final and to, to the Stanley Cup final. And, and you're on vacation, like in Europe, and he wasn't around to be able to make a decision. It was just one of the craziest things that I've ever been involved in as a fan. You know, I, I've seen some some wacky stuff, you know, calling games and injuries and different things, but nothing at the level that happened in Florida last night. But uh, Jim Schoenfeld eating another donut, him getting suspended, then uh, the injunction and the officials boycotting was probably the craziest thing I've ever seen on the hockey rink, and that came as a fan way back in 1988. Yankee Penguin says, Hi, Don. I know that the first TV timeout usually comes with under 14 minutes left in a period, but how do TV timeouts work for the rest of the period? Ah, great question. 14, 10, and 6 is the way that it goes. So the first stoppage after six minutes of play, uh, the first whistle, unless it's a goal or a um, or it's during a man advantage, um, they go to commercial. And the first break at, in 10 minutes in and the first break 14 minutes in is the way that it's supposed to go. Now, there's a little bit of rubs here that sometimes catch even me when I'm calling a game. There is no commercial break after an icing. The league determined that a few years ago because why give a team that iced the puck the advantage of a rest to go into commercial? Uh, also, they will not go into commercial in what's considered kind of like a give-up play, meaning if you let's say you dump the puck to the goaltender from center ice and he gloves it down, they will sometimes not go to commercial for that, like you're like trying to intentionally get a stoppage. So that that happened. That's what fools you sometimes, because especially now, sometimes when I'm calling games outside of the arena off the monitor, you're not sure how it's judged by the officials. But that's how the timeouts work. Um, Fabio says thoughts on the Kodak Black incident at the Panther game. Uh, the people deserve to know Don's opinion uh, and his take on this. Again, I just think it's just classless and stupid. I'm not a hip hop fan. I'm not going to get into the whole get off my lawn. It just 
it's just stupid. It really just stupid. All right. I don't know. I don't know anything about the guy. I'm not a fan of his music. I've never heard his music that I'm even aware of. I mean, Peter Rosenberg would probably have a better opinion. Listen to ENN tonight at six o'clock Eastern on the Michael K show. I'm sure this is going to come up in conversation, but come on. I mean, you're in public. Forget about like disrespecting hockey. What are they just listen? You wouldn't want to see that in a mall. You wouldn't want to see that. Uh, uh, in any public place so i know it was in the suite and maybe there's a lot of people that didn't see it but it's just, it's just stupid you know it, really if you've got to do that to get attention i mean how good can your music be i know he's got like three million followers on twitter i sound like an old man i sound like a rock and roll fan disrespecting his music or whatever but still it's just a silly way to go about business and i just think it's really just stupid that you got to do that for attention but maybe he was just you know wanted to get tweaked and didn't you know just got caught up in the moment i don't know twerk see i don't even know what it is a twerk see that's that's why i shouldn't be talking about this anthony had to tell me that i'm even mispronouncing what she was doing wrong i think that's a great place to kind of end that conversation and the podcast kind of look at the schedule tonight it's weird to see boston montreal postponed and yet still playing and the reason the postponement is because this game was originally scheduled to be played in montreal but because of the attendance situation the nhl's moved that game to boston so the tnt game tonight seven o'clock canadians and bruins from boston will be one of the games tonight at 8 30 seattle will be at dallas and we talked about dallas maybe be one of those teams and you know seattle having a rough start to their first season got to get two points uh if you're Dallas, uh, Toronto, second of back-to-backs after uh, their uh, victory in Vegas. They'll be in Arizona to take on the Coyotes, so Toronto with a chance to get some multiple points here in the game between Minnesota and Edmonton postponed because, again, of COVID protocol. So we do have a few games and some good ones, too. Uh, Boston, Montreal, it's it's, a, it's an original six matchup, but the Canadians are a mess, so Boston should be able to win that. Dallas, the same, and uh, Tampa, uh, Toronto, the same as well, as you got some lopsided games here uh, tonight. Matter of fact, you probably, you know, here's what I would do just for um, if I want to throw out an ice pick here. Um, again, I don't have any of the odds in front of me, but clearly Boston, um, Dallas, and Toronto would all be favored. See if you could parlay all three to win. I'm sure you'll be able to get a pretty decent number on that of getting Boston, Dallas, and Toronto all to win. The rub certainly will be Toronto playing the second of back-to-backs, but it's Arizona. They've been playing a little bit better, but I think Toronto should get the win. So if you're looking for an ice pick, I'll throw that out, kind of make up for the conversation we just had five minutes ago, see if you can kind of parlay Boston, Dallas, and Toronto. Matter of fact, I might do that as well, throw some money at the uh, the issue. That's, that's the way to do it, right? Throw money at the problem. All right, we're going to be back on Friday. And we'll do our first in a long time rankings, uh, top five of the week. Uh, We haven't done it here in 2022, and we haven't done it probably for a couple of months. So let's uh, dive into that. Looking forward to that coming up on Friday. Want to get in touch with me? The best way to always do that is via Twitter, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. So enjoy the games tonight. Thursday, we're a little busier. Fingers crossed with the Devils' COVID situation that the Islanders will finally get a chance to play for the first time since dinosaurs walked the earth. They'll be home against the Devils for a 7.30 start tomorrow. Hopefully, the Devils' COVID situation is okay. Um, I think it will be because their game was postponed against Tampa on Monday, but hopefully they get a few players back between now and then so where they can play the game on Thursday. And we've got a few other games as well, including the Rangers and the Sharks. The last time the Rangers will play a game after 8 o'clock face-off uh, because they're pretty much done with the West uh, 
the the Western Swing after the game on Thursday against San Jose. I'll be doing the pre and post for that. So, and then I'm calling. Hopefully, if the COVID situation's okay, the Rangers and Flyers on Saturday from Philadelphia. So, we'll talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.